I think giving is such a such an enriching experience to be part of and my parents did a great job of teaching me that and I feel uh, certainly a joy and responsibility in making sure my my kids know the same. That was a clip from my interview with Anne Kennedy, winner of the Nana's Knee Children's Picture Book Contest, and she has written a delightful and festive Christmas book called The Bestest Gift. Today on the podcast, we're going to be sharing some ideas for simplifying Christmas, followed by the interview with Anne Kennedy. So let's get to it. Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. In 400 meters. In 100 meters. You have reached your destination. Simplifying the holidays. The first and most important thing to do is to think about what the holidays mean to you and what aspects are the most important to you. We all say time with family and making memories, and then we create a frantic pace filled with expectations. Sit down with your family and find out which traditions, foods, and activities are most important to everyone. And then do those and give yourself permission not to do the rest of the busyness that no one will ever miss. Take the pressure off. Another idea for simplifying Christmas and the holidays is to give gifts of things that people can use up or consumables. If you got my newsletter from December, that's the pod newsletter. I included a recipe for cranberry cardamom muffins. Most people have what they need already and clutter is a never ending battleground. You'll take some stress away providing a breakfast for busy holidayers just like you. We make our own maple syrup and we always make more than we need so we can gift some mason jars of it to others. Pretty paper napkins, scented liquid hand soap, tea, and jars of jam are all consumables. Another tip for simplifying the holidays is to make your food ahead. How many times do we miss the joy of our family's company because we're stuck in the kitchen? Make what you can ahead. In fact, why not choose to serve things that can be made ahead? Use your crock pots and enjoy your family. Added bonus, if your family's like mine, you're usually the only one who takes pictures, so you'll be freed up to capture the memories. 
You can also get your relatives to bring dessert, a salad, or a side. I get my mom to bring pies to every holiday that I host, and then I don't have to worry about dessert at all. Another tip is to start, as your family grows larger and more extended, drawing names. This is especially good for the extended family. You can also take it one step further and make it a gift swap exchange game using recycled or thrifted items. Your budget will thank you many times over and most of us have some nice unused things in our homes like candles or like new items like an excess veggie platter or vase. Another tip is to simplify your decorations. A couple of berry wreaths, a mantle garland, and a nativity scene can go a long way to making your home feel Christmassy. Use cozy blankets, festively scented candles, and they can stay out all winter long, not just at the holidays. A cup of hot apple cider or hot cocoa and a cozy throw on the sofa will not leave your guests wondering why every surface isn't covered with Christmas. I've put together a little offer for you. It's on the sidebar of all of our episodes at canadahomeschools.com from now until Christmas. It has over 20 holiday worksheets, some units from headphone history to download, a PDF version of my new children's picture book, Inside Outside Box, an ebook on homeschool burnout prevention for moms, preschool printables, and the high school credit planner, and so much more. And I've priced it at 99 cents. So help yourself to that. And you and your children can listen to headphone history. They can color. They can do some easy winter and holiday themed worksheets and you can relax or get all the things done that you need to get done at this time. I've also posted links to helpful blog posts about simplifying the holidays. So go to canadahomeschools.com and you'll see the links there. Now, let's go to my interview with Anne Kennedy, author of the Christmas book, The Bestest Gift. Well, hello. Today, I have the privilege of sharing someone with you who is the winner of the 2021 Nana's Knee Children's Picture Book Contest. May I welcome Anne Kennedy. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So, Anne, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family. Okay. So, um, we've covered my name. It's Anne Kennedy and I was born and raised in a little town called Fenland Falls in the Kawarthas and grew up uh, there with my parents and my brother uh, as the fifth generation to grow up in the in the house that I grew up in there and um, still live just outside of Fenland with now with my husband and my two girls, uh, Grace and Iris, who are nine and six. Uh, for my day job, I work, I'm self-employed and I work as a rehabilitation counselor and a cognitive therapist for people who've been seriously injured in car accidents. And I do community therapy in people's homes, which is always interesting and uh, challenging and very rewarding as well. Um, 
as our a family, we love to adventure together. We just love to be outside. We're close to the water, so we swim in the lake all summer and skate on the lake all winter and bike ride and just have lots of fun together uh, just being a family and doing life. So we love it here in the Kawartha's and there's always stuff to do outside. I can totally relate to that growing up in Halliburton. So we were never far from a lake and we did skate. We were Maple Lake. So we skated on the lake in the winter. It was so cold though. And we swam and did swimming lessons in almost every lake around Halliburton and Halls Lake was the coldest because it was the deepest. And yeah, so I can yeah. totally relate to that. It's a great, great way to grow up. Lots of forests and fields and my favorite year, my favorite day of the year is coming up, which is the day we trek around the woods for hours to find the perfect real Christmas tree. Um, so that's that's exciting because that's coming up soon. So. Yep, it's such a, a memory maker for sure. Such a good adventure. And tell me something else. Have you always wanted to be a writer? Um, when I was younger, I definitely liked rhyming. Rhyming was, uh, I love to write like silly little poems and songs and things for my family and um, always really loved writing letters to family members that lived far away. So my dad's side of the family was all in Alberta and I had aunts and uncles in different parts of Ontario and I was a, a real letter writer when I was little. Um, but I really credit my uh, my love of words, which I have uh, dedicated the the book to my mom for for teaching me to love words because when I was a kid um, she was well she's always been a total word nerd and at, like almost every evening at dinner time she would bring out this giant dictionary to the table because she would have heard a word that day or heard an expression and she wanted to look up where that came from or the root of the word and she was so enthusiastic about it and I probably sat there completely rolling my eyes um, not appreciating the the excitement of words in the moment but now I am a, a full-blown word nerd myself and like get the daily Merriam-Webster word of the day email in my inbox and uh, my mom just really instilled in me a desire to be curious about words and uh, be interested in in what they mean and as I have grown I have um just really been become really aware of the power of words. So, you know, words can change the course of a person's day, they can set someone's life on a different path. And we all remember things that have been said to us good or bad. And um, so for me, it's just really important to be intentional and really careful with the words that we use. And being able to write this book was a, just such a cool experience for me of seeing how um, words can be used to share a personal message and kind of a, a personal memory and feeling and belief and have that be shared with other people and, and be a part of their homes and their lives too. I was thinking when you said that it's having a book come out, it's kind of like the word being made flesh to borrow a, something from scripture because yeah, words, words, as you said, are so important and they're so powerful and there is life and there is death in the tongue. And mm -hmm. so I would say that this little book of yours is definitely, um, definitely brings life. 
And I'm really excited at the end of our interview that you're going to share it with us. How did you hear about the Nana's Knee Picture Book Contest? So I have this friend who is named Janet Surrett. I think you know her as well. And she's an award-winning children's author. And have to kind of rewind about four years ago when I was um, asked by someone at our church if I could find a little Christmas poem or something for my uh, my daughter who was five at the time to recite at the Christmas Eve service. And so I said, sure. And I went home and I went straight to Google and started looking for little Christmas poems or something that she could read. And I just didn't find anything that I really liked that I thought she would be well matched to read. And then it dawned on me that I have this brain <laughs> that's capable of original thought and um, I didn't have to rely on Google to find something. And so I wrote her this little Christmas poem to say at our Christmas Eve service. And I was having coffee with Janet one day and she said, oh, tell me what the poem was. And I told her and she said, you should make that a little bit longer and like write it, make it, make it into a children's book. And so I did. And she's just such a cheerleader and encourager and kind of helped me go through it and, and edit a little bit. And, uh, and then fast forward a few years to this past spring summer and she sent me the link for your um, contest and said, you should send your book here. And I did and, and it won. So um, I have Janet big time to thank for being just the kind of person who she's such a gifted writer and a gifted speaker and wonderful with words. And I just love that she doesn't just hold that for herself. Like she's always encouraging other people to, to, to do those things too, and to be brave and try new things and just cheerleading all along the way. So I really, um, she's the one who told me about it and I, I have her to thank for just like igniting this sort of spark of, of even thinking of writing a book in the first place. That's so fun because I had no idea that you knew Janet or you had no idea that I knew Janet. And I didn't know that there was all that history regarding the book with Janet. And so how I found out that you and Janet were friends were my husband was on Facebook and he saw a post that Janet had made with your book on it, promoting yeah. your book. And I'm like, oh, are they friends too? Yeah. So. And it's so funny because she she was just in Fenland Falls speaking at our church one year and uh, I loved her message and I emailed her after to say that I loved her message and sort of slipped in like a, if we lived closer, I would want to be your friend. And she was like, well, let's be friends anyway. And so I, I basically asked her to be my friend and she said, yes. So that was, that was also kind of a neat way to start a friendship because I just saw this wonderful human in her. And um, I think it's really important to surround ourselves with, with great people who make us want to be better and, and can just constantly being, be encouraging each other. Yeah, I agree. So we actually carry a couple of Janet's books on our new website, Canadian-A.com. We have Scarlet Spectacles and The Prince and the Gift on there as well. So if you're listening, have a peek at that. You'll be able to find Anne's book and Janet's books on our children's picture book link. So 
just a shameless plug there, but it's really a shameless plug for Janet and for you. So I feel quite comfortable doing it. So one of your priorities with this book was the focus on the meaning of Christmas and to focus on giving. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, I'll start with the giving focus. And um, when I was thinking about this, I thought of this very clear memory that I have of um, my brother and I doing a little bit of Christmas shopping together when we were younger. Probably, we were probably like nine and 11. He's older. And um, we had asked our mom to specifically drop us off at the store by ourselves while she was in the car so we could look for gifts for my mom and my dad and our dog at the time. And I just always remember being really excited to find, you know, little things that you knew other people would just really love because you knew them well and you knew what they were interested in. And I always thought that was a really neat way to show people that you cared about, you know, what they said, or you maybe heard them mention something that they liked or wanted and could do that. And so my brother and I are shopping and I, I remember getting these dog treats for my dog and we had done the math together and tried to add tax to make sure we had enough because we had our own money there and we get to the cash and we were like 10 cents short and it was embarrassing because we were like oh what do we do do we put something back and then this hand reached from behind us and stuck a dime down on the on the counter and we turned around and it was this lady from our church who happened to be in line behind us and saw the conundrum we were in and uh, and rescued us and that's just one of my favorite Christmas memories, which has nothing to do with gifts that I received and everything to do with the excitement of looking for something for others and this sweet lady who rescued us in our, uh, in our time of need. So the, the giving piece, I just, when I think back to Christmases as a, as a kid, I just remember being equally, I mean, I'm a kid, I look forward to the gifts I was going to get to, but uh, I was equally as excited about watching people open the things that I had specifically selected for them. And that's something uh, my husband and I really like to encourage our kids to, you know, pay attention to what people are interested in and listen to them and find out what's important to them. And obviously not just for gift giving, but, but in talking about giving gifts, um, when my daughters get invited to a birthday party, I like to ask them, you know, what, what are your friends, what's your friend really interested in and what do they talk about and what do they like? And I just think listening to people, finding out what's important to them and building relationships around that is like the basis for positive human interaction 101, right? It's that those relationships are the foundation for everything else that comes out of um, friendships and building trust with people and coming to the point of sharing the gospel with people and having rapport and and good relationships so um for me giving is really important and and teaching our kids about that and and there's huge joy in giving and for people who miss out on that i feel i feel sorry for them it's like you just want to say try it you'll love it right so um i think giving is such a such an enriching experience to be part of and my parents did a great job of teaching me that. And I feel uh, certainly a joy and responsibility in making sure my, my kids know the same. That's great. And I mean, that's what Christmas is actually about. It's not just a trite thing we say, but God so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. what Christmas is all about. I think um, we're always reminding our kids that um, Christmas is like the embodiment of God's rescue plan for humanity. And that deserves a party, right? And that's what all this gift stuff is about. And um, I help to lead a kids program at our church uh, weekly. And it's really fun to to be able to, on a weekly basis, as I'm preparing lessons and things for that, to as, as we're approaching Christmas, to be able to speak to that truth in the Christmas season for a lot of kids who come to that program who don't don't have a church background and and to be able like some kids don't know that that's what Christmas is actually about and why it started and it's it's really um really neat to be a part of sharing that truth with kids and um that's part of the excitement of of the book for me too is that I feel like I'm you know there's there's Jesus in this book and for kids who aren't aware of that yet or, or just haven't heard that truth in their lives that they might get a piece of that in a small way just from, from reading this little book. So That's great. Yes. I'm going to quote you to you. There is such sweetness in teaching children to think of others. And I wanted to write a story about Christmas, which focused on Jesus, others, and giving. So that kind of sums up what the book is about very well. You'd think you were a writer or something, summing it up like that so succinctly. <laughs> so what are some ways that we can keep our focus at Christmas? So this is going to be airing uh, just a little while before Christmas in the weeks leading up to. And so it's a good time for us to think about that. How can we keep our focus? Well, one thing is we can get Anne's book. Right. Yes. Um Another little story from when I was a kid is that my parents on Christmas morning, we always read the Christmas story before any presents entered the picture. And again, when I was younger, I probably was like, come on, we know the story. Let's get to the gifts. Um, I'm sure I felt that way uh, at times. But again, just such a powerful lesson and modeling from my parents to say, like, this is why we have this day and this is what this morning and life is all about and that's that's a priority that we need to keep straight and um, part of what I love about the Christmas season even though there's busyness in sort of an increase in church functions I also love that increase in church functions and Christmas I, I mean with COVID it's been different obviously over the last couple of years of of what we've been allowed to do for, for programs and, and different things, but just um, Christmas Eve services and Christmas gatherings and community Christmas events. And um, like I said, with the kids program, I've, I'm involved in planning for that and, and giving kids a, an exciting evening and, and focused on the truth of what Christmas means as this culminating point in history that um, meant, you know, the saving of the human race. Um, it's just such a significant event. Uh, I, I always tell my kids, you know, who, who else's birthday does the entire world celebrate? They don't celebrate my birthday. They don't celebrate your birthday, right? So it's such an important event. And to just be constantly reminded of that, that event and what that means. And, um, and also, of course, partake in the, all the fun you know, accessories of Christmas with, 
with food and family and friends and, and events and things, but um, just always bringing the story back to the reason we, we have all the, all the celebrations in the first place. Um, my brother just sent me a, a really neat um, reading about um, different symbols of like the Christmas tree. And when you're decorating the Christmas tree, how you can relate different parts, you know, the trunk of the tree to the cross and um, all these different symbols. And I thought that was a really neat way to bring that into just even the tree decorating and doing um, little uh, Christian Advent things with the kids as we get closer to Christmas is another great way to keep that really in focus as you're preparing for Christmas. And and then it makes it longer too, right? It's not just that day. It's like this, this big event that's coming in the anticipation of not just gifts, but the anticipation of, uh, well, the gift that, that God gave to the world. Those are some good ideas. Yes, we, uh, we always have the Christmas story first and foremost, and it can take different forms. We acted it out with Fisher Price, little people in the nativity scene and uh, all kinds of things, or we'll divide up the verses um, among all the people that are gathered and then they can each read like their two verses or whatever so that the whole story is told not necessarily by one person but just little things like that and then as you said doing advent activities with the kids you'd probably be good at writing one of those have to file that away well this has been so great getting to know you Anne, and um getting to share the heart that is behind this wonderful, delightful, festive children's picture book. And now could you share it with us? I could do that. I would love to do that. This will be a real treat for you listeners. I can get some pictures in there. So this is it, the best the bestest gift. Written by Anne Kennedy and beautifully illustrated by Isabel Stevenson. I need to mention her name here because she um, made words into life by making beautiful pictures. And um, I sort of described the vision I had for the illustrations and she completely did that. So that was such a, well, a relief and um, just such a joy to see as an author to have, to have that vision come to life. So the de- dedication, as I mentioned earlier, is to my mom who taught me to love words. Start off with a verse that says, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. Cold weather is here. Time for boots, mitts, and hats. And my snowsuit, that's all in a twist. My piggy bank's full because I've saved up all year and I'm making my big Christmas list. The list that I'm making is not for my wants, but for things that I'm giving away. To celebrate Jesus, the light of the world, who was born on the first Christmas day. Each gift should be special, to show that I care, like some big tools to give to my dad. He builds and he fixes, and even mends hearts, on the days when I feel kind of sad. My brothers like candy, strange smells and loud noises, and tractors that go really quick. For them, I'll get chocolate, a big bag of weird stuff, and new stretchy slime they can lick. Dad says he's not sure what my mom really wants, but I think I know something just right. Long hugs and big kisses, kind words and clean dishes, 
and kids that will sleep through the night. Our big dog named Stinky wants only two things, and he gets them year after year. A long tummy scratch on his ticklish patch, and a rub behind each floppy ear. And now for the last name that's there on my list, the one most important of all. He made everything, he's creator and king, yet he came as a baby, so small. He doesn't need big tools, clean dishes or chocolate or slime that gets all stretched apart. There's one bestest thing to give this Christmas King. Dearest Jesus, I give you my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rowan. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!